You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Starting a series in Habakkuk. Thank you so much for Paul and reading it to us in French. I'm going to be looking at it. We've called the series Talking to God in Tough Times. Talking to God in Tough Times. And today I'm going to call this Living by Faith. Now, I couldn't do this morning without referring to football. Yes, the Euros are going on. I've got these uh, pictures coming up of Gary Lineker or Rio Ferdinand. And I would like to ask, which one are you? Ah, good question, you might say. Why is that? Well, in case you missed it last night, England won 4-0 in the Euros. And Gary Lineker, who is 60, said, oh, I just can't think we're going to do it anywhere. We've always failed in tournaments. We're not going to do it. And Rio Ferdinand, who's 42, says, no, we've got a great squad. We're going to go all the way. Now, I think that's a challenge for us in life because they both watch the same things, but one of them says, I've just been hurt by experience and I'm just not sure I can believe for the future. And the other one says, no, no, come on, I honestly think we can do it. How does that relate to Habakkuk? Well, Habakkuk is this fascinating book and to be honest, there's loads that we do not know about it. We're going to look at it for three weeks, but the reality is we do not know who his father is. We're often told that about these men of God. We don't know which town he came from. We don't really know much about it. His name is mentioned twice. We're not totally sure even what his name means, possibly embrace. We know that leading up to this, a hundred years prior, uh, those that know your, your history will know that Israel had split into the north and the south. The northern kingdom were invaded by Assyria and they were taken away. He was in the southern part, Judah. That's where Jerusalem was. They thought they were protected because it was the temple. We know then that the southern part has this revival There is a guy called Josiah, and he reads the Bible. You can read about it in 2 Kings. And and actually, he he thinks, wow, if, if this, it's not our whole Bible, but he's reading the scrolls from God. He says, if this is God, we must change, and there's radical things. However, unfortunately, his son comes on the throne, and his son is just interested in what he can manipulate. He manages to make a liaison with Egypt to protect them rather than trusting God. He refuses to pay those that do their work. It's an unjust society. He allows the prophets and priests to get caught up in adultery. He ignores God's word. In fact, when Jeremiah, Jeremiah was an associate of Habakkuk, when Jeremiah goes to the king and says, look, this is the word of God, he chops it up and throws it in the fire and says, I'm just not interested. Habakkuk doesn't confront anyone. Jeremiah goes to the king. Habakkuk goes to God. And basically, in prayer, he he wrestles. And we're going to do this in troubling times. He comes in prayer before God and he says, God, the world is unjust. I know that you're sovereign. How do I believe? What I love about this book is he starts by questioning God and he ends by praising God. Now, that is week three, so you've got to come back in two weeks' time. I'm looking at questioning God. 
We're literally just going to bounce through this. I don't know if you picked it up. There's a conversation going on. Basically, the first thing is Habakkuk comes and has this complaint to God. He says, how long? He's been waiting a long time. Why? Is what he cries out to God. Maybe that's true of you today. Maybe if you're really honest, you turned up at church, you didn't realise it was international, you think, golly, why are all these people dressed up? If only you knew the week I'd had. Maybe you've prayed for peace and got strife. Maybe you've asked God for good and feel you've got evil. Maybe you've prayed for healing and your suffering continues. Maybe you're asking for love and you feel you've only received hatred. Maybe you've you've gone to God and said, God, I need peace. And instead, you're still anxious. You're in this, oh, God, what is going on? That is what was true of this situation of the book of Habakkuk. The list is unpleasant. Injustice, tolerating wrong, destruction, strife, conflict, and violence. Violence. We know when God judged the earth through the flood in Genesis 6, It says this, the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence. This is a biblical term. It's almost like they've turned their back on God and they've just pursued violence. Morgan Campbell, he was a British priest, lived a hundred years ago. But listen to this quote, it could be today. He was living, he's referring to Habakkuk, in the midst of terrible anarchy, violence, abounded. Cruelty was rampant. Crime was flagrant. Lust was everywhere. Habakkuk struggles. He struggles because he's in a society that have replaced ethics with pragmatics. He's in a society that have replaced the long term with the short term. He's in a society that no longer care about the highest good and are just interested in the bottom line. He's in a society that replaced principle with convenience. I wonder if that's true of us. Golly, what a way to start. We're just going through this. I looked up on Wikipedia. It reckoned there's 40 wars in the world today. 40 wars going on. There's violence. 128 people were killed in London last year. They reckon on average, any one day, 10 people are apprehended carrying a knife in London. It's violent. One in four teachers have received a physical attack from a pupil. That's violence. They reckon the number of assaults in schools are up 72% in four years. They reckon that 5.5% of adults aged 16 to 74 experienced domestic abuse in the last year. In March last year, there was almost 50,000 children in care, just in England. Up till 2020, surely the place of safety would be the womb 210,000 aborted in one year, the highest number since the Abortion Act was brought in. 
Surely we're like Habakkuk. We live in this society where there's violence on every scale. Yusuf Dembele, he's a Malawi pastor, says, Our world needs men and women who love justice and are ready to suffer and die for it so that it can prevail. I want to ask you and myself a question. Am I moaning or am I praying? Because when we look at Habakkuk in this difficult time, he prays to God. I love it. Noble saying the family that prays together stays together. Remember that if you can't remember what I've said. But I think this week of prayer, it's not just another thing. that No, let's clear the diary because we know we want to cry out to God. So then God answers. So this is how the conversation's going in Habakkuk 1. Habakkuk complains really to God. God answers and says, don't worry, I'm doing something. I'm at work. I guess if, if, if it's like me, you'd be thinking, wow, brilliant. Tell me what you're doing. So God decides to lift the lid and say, this is what I'm doing. Have you heard of the Babylonians? What? I mean, they're worse than us. He says, I'm going to send the Babylonians in to get you. Hang on. The Assyrians took the northerners. They're coming for us. Why? One commentator said this. I loved it. I wish we could have gone through it. In verse 6, the Babylonians are described as hostile. In verse 7, they're described as haughty. In verse 8, they're described as hasty. In verse 9, they're described as harmful. In verse 10, they're described as hardened. And in verse 11, they're hell-bent. Any preacher likes alliteration. But what we realize is they're not great people. These Babylonians are coming. Makes you think of the verse from Isaiah. Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, who often brought God's word. It's funny, many prophets spoke from God to people, but Habakkuk, described as a prophet, is praying to God. Isaiah says this in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, regarding God's thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I, I can't get my head around that. Our power is temporary, but God's power is eternal. Our power is limited, but God's power is limitless. Our power is confined, but God's power is never confined. In fact, Habakkuk, I don't know, we encourage the church, look, we're going to do a series, read it, it's three chapters. And I love it, many people have said to me, I, I don't know if I've ever read it. It's a huge challenge, isn't it? I remember being challenged when I was younger, you know, what happens if you get to heaven and you sit down next to a guy called Habakkuk and he says, what do you think of my books? And he says, oh, I wasn't into books much. He said, no, no, this one was in the Bible. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> well, hopefully now you can all sit next to Habakkuk in heaven because you think, well, I have read that one. Many of us wouldn't know much about it, but we might have known this verse. Hey, you won't believe it if you knew what I was going to do. You will not believe it because God is bigger, greater, more mysterious than I can ever understand. We do these meetups. They're doing terminally. Uh, my son Josh and I have been leading one called the Advanced Theology Meetup. I have never done such a deep study we're doing now on church history, 12 weeks on church history. Andrew Wilson's done it. It's, it is outstanding. But we did 
the understanding of God for two weeks. I didn't understand. It was a two-hour video, and I think I understood about five minutes. And what I came away was, you know, my prayers have been different ever since because I had no idea how great God was. I'd reduced him, and suddenly you step back, and, and that's almost what happens here. Anyway, the conversation continues, and I will continue looking at it. Habakkuk then comes back with a second complaint. And now this time, if we're brutally honest, and I think he probably should have started like that, but who am I to criticize? He's in the Bible. He says, actually, God, you are from everlasting. God, you are the Holy One. God, you are the rock. He, he reminds himself of who God is. Yusef Dembele. I know he's a footballer, but this is a pastor, I'm quoting. He says, in times of trouble, we need to fix our eyes on the God of Habakkuk, a God who is all-powerful, holy and just, rather than on the tyranny and sin and injustice or spiritual powers and ungodly human beings. It's almost like, uh, it was Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, I think, wrote a classic book on spiritual depression. And he said in there, we've got to stop listening to ourselves and start speaking to ourselves. And it's almost like Habakkuk's doing that in his second complaint. And actually, he's come before God. He said, well, actually, God, you are everlasting. God, you are the rock. God, you're amazing. When Nikki and I got married, you know, a lot of couples do it, I'm sure. We had a verse read out at our wedding Somebody made some sign of it. We've got it up in our bedroom. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. And it's almost like this is what's unraveling here. But then I'm rushing on because the Lord answers again. It says a couple of things. The first thing he says is write this down. Why do you do that? Well, it's just it's easy to read. It's going to last a long time and it's trustworthy. He then says, wait. Are those only three chapters? We know that the events of Habakkuk cover about 70 years. We think the book was written about 600 BC. But then the line that we probably if we're honest, really know, is in Habakkuk 2 and verse 4. The righteous will live by faith. We are to live by faith. That's what God comes back and it's almost like in this whole answer, he says, look, it's tough. And he's, he's, he's complaining. He says, yeah, I know it's tough, but I'm God. And he says, actually, what I want you to do is I want you to be a people of faith. Ken Fentress, he leads a church, Baptist church in Montrose, says this, faith precedes understanding, not the reverse. We must trust our Lord even when we do not understand everything. I find that such a challenge, don't you? In this age of technology, when, you know, how old's Gary Lineker? I'll just Google it. You know what I'm saying? You can find out anything you want. But actually, the Bible here says we are to live by faith. There was a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi in the third century. He said this, just stick with it. He said, Moses gave 613 commandments. David reduced them to 11. If you read Psalm 15, many would say there were 11 things for them to do. Micah 
reduced them to three. So if you look in Micah 6, verse 8, the Jews would say, well, these are the three most important things to do. Isaiah, if you look in Isaiah 56, reduces the, the following God to two. But this rabbi says, Habakkuk reduced following God to one. The righteous shall live by faith. If we take anything from this that we're looking at today, it's that we are to live by faith. This verse is picked up in the New Testament on several occasions. And some of you, if you read your Bible, you know the Old Testament was before Jesus came. The New Testament was the life of Jesus and, and afterwards. But we know when Paul writes to the church in Romans 1 verse 16, he is quoting Habakkuk. You might have read Romans and never read Habakkuk. You read part of it. In Romans 1 verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written. He's quoting Habakkuk. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. What he's really saying there is this is the saving power of the gospel. The gospel is not you can save yourself. The gospel is God will save you. And how can you become a Christian? You say, I believe. You recognize I've done things wrong. The Bible calls it sin. I recognize this God who's perfect and holy and I owe him account for my life. I'm never going to be able to make up for the wrong things I've done. But by faith. That's what Paul's writing to. We are to live by faith. And then when Paul writes to the church in Galatia, he actually quotes Habakkuk again. In Galatians 3, verse 11, it says, Now it is evident that no one is justified by God before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. So what he's really saying, look, you can't become a Christian. You can't be a disciple of God by keeping all these rules. It's not about rules. It's not about law. It is by faith. Hey, if you're just looking in, we'd love having you here. If you're watching and you think, I wouldn't consider myself a Christian. We are not trying to put rules on you. We're encouraging you to know God by faith. The author of the letter Hebrews picks up Habakkuk as well. He says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which is a great reward. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. Basically, the book of Hebrews was writing to those that were getting fed up and wanting to quit. And basically, he's saying, it's not only saving faith, it's enduring faith. That's what Habakkuk is describing. We are to live by faith. David Pryor says this, there's always been the most important distinction between bitter cynicism and believing confrontation. One is a denial that refuses to believe. The other is a belief that refuses to deny. One makes assertions and will not stay for an answer. The other makes assertions and will not move away until there is an answer. There's a difference between, you know, oh, actually, God, I believe you, but I've got questions. And God, I'm not interested. I walk away. 
This verse has properly shaped the nations of the world. Oh, big claim, Pete, big claim. I, I heard this story, uh, to be honest, Andrew Wilson had preached on this passage and he used it and I thought it was so brilliant, I'm nicking it. Martin Luther, 1,500 years after Paul. So we think Habakkuk was written about 600 years BC. Paul's around, you know, the time of Christ. Paul referred to it. Martin Luther, the Reformation in about the 1500s, says, actually, I think the church has gone slightly wrong here. We've got caught up in an externals. And actually, the whole thing is you are saved by faith. And so this guy, German guy, says, surely this is, this, this is the most important verse in the Bible. King Henry VIII, this is a little history lesson. King Henry VIII, who all know had six wives, he hears about Martin Luther and writes a pamphlet in 1521 refuting Martin Luther. And says, hey, you can't say that. And the Pope, Pope Clementine the Sixth, this is the sixth, this is the seventh. Pope Clementine of the time says, King Henry, I'm so impressed by you, I'm going to give you a new title. The Defender of the Faith. Now, if you know anything about King Henry, what really happened is he wanted a son and he couldn't get a son, so he needed a divorce, and the Pope wouldn't give him a divorce. So he ended up basically saying to the Pope, Thanks ever so much, but I think we're going to start our own church. That's a shorthand way. It's not necessarily an honourable way. The Pope then said, fine, I'm taking the title off you. Church of England was started and Parliament in this country said, no, actually, King Henry VIII, we really like you and you're going to be the head of the Church of England. You can have the title back, Defender of the Faith. And so he was given the title by Parliament. And so it's a title that our Queen still has today. The Queen of England is shaped by Habakkuk because she is actually called the defender of the faith. And if you don't believe me, you could put your hand in your pocket, you could take out a pound, and when you see I'm right, you give me the pound. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's no faith in the room already. Because on every coin, it has got that inscription. The Queen. There it is, FD. It's actually Latin and it means defender of the faith. So what Habakkuk was saying here was picked up in the New Testament and many would say still shapes our society today. Andrew Wilson pulls out one more illustration which I just wanted to challenge us on as well. With COVID, there's two different responses to COVID. It may be that even here you say, my response, how am I going to keep myself free from COVID? Well, you may say, I'm going to keep social distance. You may say, I'm just going to keep washing my hands. You may say, I'm going to isolate at home. You may say, I'm going to wear a mask everywhere. It's all about these things that you're going to do to try and stop you getting COVID. And there's a lot of people that would do that. Someone else might say, you know what? Give me the vaccine. Shoot it in my arm. That's how I'm going to stop getting COVID. One, it's all about what they do. The other is about what's been done to them. And in many respects, that's what faith is like. Faith is saying, look, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. I'll take your righteousness. I believe in what you have done rather than in my works 
that will make me feel like I'm good enough as a Christian. Hey, look, if I put my money in the pot, if I do this at church, if I pray every day, maybe I'll be good enough for God. That's works. Whereas this verse takes us back and says, it's by faith. It's a gift. Paul says that when he writes to the church in 2 Corinthians. We walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to come into land. I know the band will be coming back in just a moment to lead us as a response. What do I find from Habakkuk and chapter 1? Habakkuk chapter 1 says this, God wants relationship with me more than he wants my security. I'll say that again. God wants relationship with you more than he wants your security. No, no, I'm going to say that a third time because I find that can undermine my whole Christian approach. God wants relationship with me more than my security. Where so often my prayers are, bless my marriage, watch my kids. It's all about my security. Whereas what we learn from God in Habakkuk is I want to know you. I want relationship with you. That's where we're getting from here. Despite the tough times, will you choose to live by faith? In this life and for the life to come. I love that song that Toby had picked earlier. I thought these walls would be gone by now. Your promise still stands. I don't want to belittle whatever you're enduring. I know it's been a tough 18 months, and I'm not saying we're out of it yet. But will you walk by faith? Because that's the challenge that Habakkuk brings to us. Not trusting in yourself and what you're doing, but actually saying, I trust in Jesus and him alone. I'm going to lead us in a prayer and then these guys will lead us in a song. Jesus, we do want to thank you for what you have done. Jesus, we thank you. You left heaven and became a human. You were born. You lived on this earth. You never sinned. You died on a cross. You triumphed over death. And we're called to have a relationship with God because of you. It's not because of what we do. I struggle because I look at the injustice of this world. I struggle because I look at people who are in pain and hurting and hurting one another. I hear of wars, I hear of divorce, I hear of abuse, I hear of abortion, and it breaks my heart, oh God. And even when I don't understand, I want to pray in faith. God, I'm going to trust you and no one else. Amen.